today we're going to talk about the history of MPNs and when they were first described by doctors and maybe a little history of the microscope. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Like a quick info dump about microscopes and like the innovation that allowed for the scientists and doctors of the day to be able to see these new things. Because up until about, I think it's like the end of the 16th century, you could use a microscope, like you could look at it, and you could see some stuff, but it, it wasn't as detailed as after the, the innovation in the 17th century. And I might do an episode just about microscopes and the history of them, because it's kind of cool. They went from maybe being able to see, like, blood. Being able to differentiate between blood and meat, you know. And then, and like the other parts of the body. And then, um, after they were able to see the blood and all the, the different cells and pieces <laughs> that make up blood. And so, um, by 1845, microscopes had gotten to the point where they were able to note the different um, blood cell types. In 1845, John Hughes first describes chronic myeloid leukemia. And then in 1879, Gustav Heuck, H-E-U-C-K, describes primary myeloid fibrosis. And he was actually able to distinguish the features um, between PMF and CML. So he was able to say, like, these are two different things because, you know, this looks, you can tell, you like, visibly different. And then in 1892, Louis Henry, or Henri, I don't know, he's French, Vacuez, V-A-Q-U-E-Z, first describes polycythemia vera, and he is actually able to distinguish PV, like an MPN PV, from a PV caused by like a relative PV and secondary PD, PV. I wish I could speak today. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and then um, in 1934, Emil Epstein and Alfred Goidel, G-O-E-D-E-L, describe essential thrombocythemia. So, let's just, let's just circle back to the history of microscopes for a second, because I'm a, I'm a history nerd, and I, like, I watch history documentaries for fun, but, I mean, they went from 
maybe kind of being able to see something to be able to look at the same thing they were looking at like what 200 years before be able to say not only is there a bunch of different types of stuff in this liquid but some of them have issues like I can see the difference this one is obviously CML. This one's PMF. You know, like, this PV is caused by this or this or this. And it's just... It's it's crazy to me how quickly... Like, technology and science can just... Like, move. Once you have, like, that one piece that's been missing. And then it's just, like, you know, boom. We've got it. We know what to do. Look at this stuff. And then, um, I'm trying to decide if I want to do a separate episode for the mutations or not. Just because there's so much information in each of them. And then, like, with the different tests that they had to do and all of that, I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. I want to be able to better explain what I'm talking about. But um I do want I've got two things written down that I think were kind of cool. Between 1967 and 1981 Philip Fialco F I A L K O W um, he did a series of tests that established that all classic MPNs are clonal stem diseases. So, now, if we circle back, William Damshek, he's the one that's like, okay, we have all of these different diseases that have been discovered and we can differentiate between them we can even differentiate between them and similar things like we know that no these aren't caused by other sources they're caused by this and so he's the one who like groups them and then calls them you know um myeloproliferative and i think at the time diseases because the neoplasm part is only like a few years old. Philip, um, he's able to say that they're clonal stem diseases. So, um, and then in 1960, Peter Noel, N-O-W-E-L-L, and David Hungerford discovered the Philadelphia chromosome and its presence in patients with CML. So, in like the 1960s, they're starting to figure out the, the chromosomes and the mutations. Which I'm totally going to do a different episode. Just because it's, it gets a little dense. To me, anyways. To me, it gets a little dense. Um... To other people it might not be so <laughs> but um 
yeah. And I, I'm going to do, I can't remember if I said earlier in the episode or not, but um, I'm going to do some quick episodes of each of the different scientists that um, I talked about in this episode, just so that we can kind of get more background and just more information because without them we wouldn't have our diagnosis and we wouldn't know what was going on so thanks guys you know so um hang on i'm gonna do an ad and then i'm gonna do an update for why it took me so long to do this episode (laughs) so thanks for listening Okay, update time. Because it's been fun. Um, So I had, let me see, September I had my ultrasound and my bone marrow biopsy. And it, nothing's changed. Like on any of that. And we found out that I have fatty liver. I guess it's like mild fatty liver. So, I've been trying to treat that. Just basically, like, changing my diet. Which I had started anyway, so I don't know if it had improved. And that was just what they found by the time they did the ultrasound. I don't know. And then, um, um, I've been having migraines. Um, every few months. I think it was, like, July... I would say September and then November, but they've been really bad. Like the, um, the intensity of them has changed. Um, like before it would be mostly visual or like an ocular type of migraine. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't have like I wouldn't necessarily have pain or nausea. And so, I've been kind of like, okay. I thought maybe they were just, um, the July and September ones, I thought they were just one-offs from, like, meds or something. And then I had, um, an episode, um, the first full week of November, um, on Monday, I had an episode where I felt weird, and then it was about an hour later, because I was driving, and I had to get, instead of pulling over, which is what you should do whenever you feel weird when you're driving, pull over, and, like, wait for it to pass, or call someone who can come and help you. Don't do what I did. And drive the almost 30 miles back home. Feeling weird. Like, don't do it. And by feeling weird, I mean, um, like, I'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, it's, I need to lay down or I'm going to pass out. And it's, it just, that thought just repeats. And then, um, once I'm able to lay down, it's like my muscles stopped working and um 
like I'll try to get up and like when you first start to move and you have like that first movement I can do that but I can't actually get up and like I'm conscious I don't like have issues talking or anything like that it's just my muscles stop working which is not cool and definitely wouldn't have been cool if it had happened while I was driving don't drive when you feel weird <laughs> so um then the Wednesday so it was Monday Tuesday Wednesday my husband had a hernia operation and he's fine the doctor cleared him for regular activities but he can't go back to work yet and then um I lay, um, it was like Wednesday night into early Thursday morning, I get a migraine and I was like, I feel like I'm going to throw up and I'm just like, it hurts. I've take, I tried all of our medications that like you can safely try <laughs> all at the same time, basically like coffee and Tylenol. So I think Tylenol is like the strongest thing we have. And, um, they didn't help. Like they didn't even soften it. And then my neck, um, on the left side hurt. And then it was, like, my entire neck, like, back, and then, like, the front hurt. It was almost like, like, being squeezed. And I was like, okay, this is new. I don't like it. Like, it's not, that's not cool. That's not a cool feeling. And, um, by this time I had woken up my mom because she lives with me and my husband and like helps take care of the kids whenever I'm down and then I help whenever I help her with stuff whenever she can't do stuff and so I had woken her up you know because I was so freaked out and I, I tried like a heating pad and it didn't it didn't do anything and she was like well you're tense you need to like try and relax and, like, try relaxing actually made it hurt worse. Like, it was, um, the best way I describe the pain is I've had a bone marrow biopsy where I was awake. Which means, like, I could feel the doctor digging in my bones. So, if you've ever had, like, a broken bone or something and you're able to feel it, like, I have, I have felt that. And it was up there. Like, um, if we could have afforded the copay to go to the hospital, to the ER, I would have gone. And I don't, I've never gone to the ER for pain because it's never been that bad. It's never been like that scary. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'll, I'll see if I can get through it and then I'll just go to, um, are like urgent care because we have one that's like literally right down the road from us and so it's um 
so it lessens. Like, it doesn't go away. It's still, um, instead of being, like, a constant pain, it's coming and going, which I'd almost prefer it to be constant because it'll be gone, and then it'll just come back with a vengeance, and it almost hurts worse. It, it, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. And so I had her drive me to the urgent care because I wasn't, even though it's not even like a half mile, I was like, no, I can't. I don't, I don't want to drive. I don't trust it. I don't trust my body. So I go to urgent care and I explain what happened. And I was like, I just need to make sure that it's not anything serious because it was so different than what I've had before and I was freaked out and so I see the doctor and I'm explaining what happened and and she she fills my face because she's like well like with the migraine because I was having um like it was in the back of my head but then like behind my ears was hurting too. And I was like, I've never had that before. I don't know what it is. And she's like, well, that might have been from like a sinus infection. And so she fills my face and she's like, yeah, you're having a pain on your face. So she prescribes an antibiotic. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of figured I had like an ear infection or something going on anyway. Just because my ear's been hurting. And, um, And then I explain about the episode I had on, you know, the Monday, a few days before. And she's like, you need to see a neurologist. Because it sounds like something, like a seizure, like you had a seizure. And it sounds like one that um, happens with MS. I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, totally. I was, um, like, I don't know how to absorb that. Um, we have a family friend who has MS and it's just, she's gone from being able to do stuff to, it, like, it's just really, really sad, you know? So, um, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, so, um, I'm like, well, I have a sleep doctor because yeah, I'll be getting a CPAP. I'm 33. I'll be getting a CPAP because I stopped breathing at night. And apparently I did, um, a star gold plus during my sleep study. So at least I know I can do something right. Be able to sleep with a CPAP, whatever. Anyway, he just happens to be a neurologist as well as a sleep doctor. And I was like, okay. So I call his office and (laughs) have you ever explained your symptoms to a receptionist and they get excited like, oh, I I mean, (laughs) she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me get the, let me get and see, um, I'll talk with the nurse and see if you have to get a referral from your doctor. Like she was really like, oh, you need help. Which, I don't know, I'm probably just reading into that too much. And so, um, I call my doctor's office, and I'm like, 
I just need to know if they'll refer refer me for a neurologist to see this doctor because I'm already a doc a patient there. I just need to see him for a neurology appointment. And my doctor that I see is like, no, I want to see you. I want um, to schedule an appointment with you before I do the referral. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, totally. Because, you know, um, probably have needed to see them much earlier than now to begin with because of other stuff like the ears and everything. I don't go to the doctor all that much, I don't think. Probably more than other people, but, you know. So, I'm like, okay, fine. You know, like, I'm having migraines. They're getting worse. They're not happening, like, all the time. But when they do happen, it basically messes me up for, like, a few weeks. And they're like, okay. So, we hang up. And the office calls me back. And they're like, yeah, her next available appointment is December 30th. And I'm just like, okay, that's awesome. That means that I won't be able to see the neurologist until at least January. Likely February. And that's just awesome. So, yeah. And um, it's December 1st. And this... The migraine happened the first full week of November, and I'm still recovering from it. Baby boy is done with therapy, so I'll see y'all next episode. Love ya.